Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. My name is Tyson Popplestone. I'm your host. I am your host here each and every week. So if it's your first time here, welcome. Some weeks we interview some of the best runners and coaches from all around the world of distance running. And other weeks, I'll share a few thoughts, ideas with you about what I'm picking up in the world of running as a coach. Now, what I wanted to do today is the first time I've ever done this on the Relaxed Running Podcast. It's a little bit different. And it's born from how much time I've been spending on YouTube. If you didn't realize all of these relaxed running podcasts are posted on YouTube, uh, as are a number of clips and other running tips, advice, um, a whole heap of other stuff just going on over at Relaxed Running. So if you haven't subscribed there, make sure you jump over. Quite a few of you already have uh, got a good little community growing over at the Relax Running YouTube channel. We're getting closer to 10,000 subscribers over there, so we need a few more of you who listen to this podcast to jump on board because that 10K subscriber starts to look pretty good. But one thing that I've learned a lot is that what gets views in the world of distance running isn't always the most practical stuff. Now, one thing I often like to do is just from a uh, marketing perspective, I guess you would say, is just go through and see what particular topics are trending in the world of running and see what it is that people are saying around these topics that are making these particular videos trend. Now, one thing that I've realized quite quickly is from my perspective, it's not always the best advice that is the one that's trending. Sometimes advice can be trending based on the uh, keywords that have been used, the tags that have been used, the thumbnail that have been used, um, a particular topic that is trending at the moment, and every now and then, you'll click on a video that looks really, really impressive, and you go, ah, oh, okay, that's had a million views, but I don't think the advice is super relevant. And I think there's some common uh, misconceptions, common confusions, and today, I wanted to uh, share with you six or seven different YouTube shorts that I've watched lately that have been trending in a big way, and just share a few of my thoughts on it. Some of them I think are great, some of them I think are lacking a little bit of information, but I wanted to do this because, well, first of all, I always find it interesting to hear another person's perspective on advice, which is just commonly accepted as true. And more than that, I wanted to give you the flip side of the coin. I think sometimes we can be so overwhelmed by the confidence, and I mean like the irony of me saying all this is the same applies to me. I'm sure there's people out there right now who will hear what I have to say and go, oh my gosh, Tice calls himself a running coach. That is absolutely preposterous. And I invite that criticism because, hey, it's through open, honest dialogue that we can improve, in this instance, our running performance. So my goal here is not to come out here and just look like I've got all the answers and that you have to trust my perspective because what I say is the truth. I just want to play some of these videos that I thought were interesting and I thought was interesting that they were trending or they were just thoughts that I found really interesting, like the Elliot Kipchoge one. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but as always, if there's anything you disagree with, any questions that you have, if there's anything that you'd like me to elaborate on, I like the idea of this being an open and honest podcast. Uh, I know sometimes I'm the one with a microphone in front of me hitting record, but it doesn't eliminate you from the conversation. You can either email me, shoot me a message on Instagram, or jump on the YouTube comment section now that, uh, of course, you would have hit subscribe. <laughs> but for now, in no particular order, let's just jump into a couple of these videos that uh, it came across my radar recently, and I'll share a few thoughts with you on each one. 
In long distance running, you will need oxygen. As your heart rate increases and your muscles work harder, there's more demand for oxygen in your body. If you can take more oxygen into your body, you will be able to run faster for longer. The best strategy is to breathe through your nose and mouth while you run. This will help you to take in more oxygen per breath. Also consider that running is rhythmic. Think about how many steps you take on the inhale and also the exhale. I've started doing this a lot more as a sprinter and it really helps. Find a rhythm that works for you. Well, there's two points in this particular video. The first one is obviously uh, focused on breath and how our breath work can make a massive difference to our overall performance. There's no doubt that a more effective style of breathing is going to enhance your performance over a longer period of time. I mean, uh, it's no surprise that the most uh, quick runners or the fastest runners in the world are also the most efficient when it comes to running technique. The reason I bring technique into this is because one of the major ways that we see oxygen being misused in the world of runners is through tension. Now, one of the things that I often talk about on here is how important developing an effective running technique is. Now, this guy doesn't go into that in his particular video. He offers the idea that there's a particular way to breathe which is best suited to everyone. And this is the one thing that I, I often struggle with when it comes to generalized advice and trending videos on YouTube. Sometimes we'll come out and we'll speak about one particular topic as though that it's a one-size-fits-all approach. But the truth is, and I'm sure you know this if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time now, <clears throat> one of my big beefs with the world of coaching, with the world of running advice, is there's so much generic advice out there. And it's such an individualized sport. It's individualized on every level. It doesn't matter if you're looking at it from a training perspective, and it doesn't matter whether you're looking at it from a nutrition perspective or a recovery perspective or a goals perspective, or even just the way you get enjoyment out of structuring your, train, uh, your training perspective, it, there is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all. Now, is there truth in the fact that there are some generic or routine principles that do apply to everyone? Yeah, sure. Consistency is key. You have to train regularly if you want to see some uh, significant breakthroughs. This particular video, it was a YouTube short, as all of these are. So there's only limited time that each person has to share an idea but I often find it interesting and have done since I listened to James, uh, James Nestor's book, Breath, and heard him speaking about elite performers in the world of endurance sports and how not all of us are supposed to breathe in one particular way. I always find it interesting to see a video like that, which sort of claims that there's a, a one-size-fits-all approach to breathing. Now, in James Nestor's book, he makes the argument that it's not always the person with the most oxygen who's going to win the race or the most oxygen who's going to feel the best for the longest. It's the person who's getting their oxygen in the most efficient way possible. Now, this obviously varies based on how you've been practicing your breathing. If you've been nasal breathing for a long time, which uh, James Nestor is a huge uh, supporter of based on his scientific research, I really encourage you to check out that book, Breath, or listen to the interview that I did with him a couple of years ago. I've linked that in the description for you below. There's a few factors on the point of breath that I think is important to, to uh, speak on here. First of all, if you go from uh, zero nose breathing to 100% nose breathing, you're going to notice incredibly quickly how ineffective you feel you're transporting oxygen around your body for a variety of reasons. Firstly, your body's not used to breathing in that particular way. But secondly, is not everyone has a, a nasal structure which is, allows them to go into nose breathing immediately. So the idea that the, the best way to go into a run is just to nose breathe and to mouth breathe, very broad advice that I think needs to be clarified a little bit more. What I would say 
is that do your own research into whether or not you think nose breathing or mouth breathing is the most effective. One of my most popular YouTube videos is on this subject, again, inspired by James Nestor's voice, uh, his voice, uh, also his book. Um, I listened to the audio book, so I guess technically it was his voice that inspired it. But boiling that first point down, when it comes to the way that you breathe, I would say do your research, find out what you believe, because there are conflicting opinions, even using scientific research to justify why people say it. And then once you decide whether to mouth breathe or nose breathe, be patient with your approach, specifically with, with nose breathing. You can change the structure of your nasal passages based on consistent work, according to James Nestor. Um, simple things like taping your mouth shut when you go to bed at night is a really helpful way. He elaborates on this in far more detail, but essentially he compares the tissue in our nasal passages to almost like the uh, the ab muscle in our in our guts. If, if you're not working out that ab consistently, it's going to get flabby or a little bit soft. Same is true with the nasal passages. So um, with consistent activation, the nasal passages uh, strengthen up, for lack of a better term, opening it up. And what you once thought was a deviated septum or just a, a really bad nose structure, in fact, is just a lack of training for that particular area. So encourage you to do that. Encourage you to check out the book Breath. Um, encourage you to find a little bit of a routine. Breath also changes as you get more fit. So what feels good for you today might feel horrible for you tomorrow. The idea of, he sort of jumped a little bit here as well. He went into this idea that you've got to find your rhythm, which I totally agree is true. But the idea of trying to structure or partner up your, your breathing uh, with a certain amount of steps, I find I find really difficult. I think sometimes, especially for a new runner, it can be overwhelming just getting out there, trying to run and run consistently without thinking, okay, how many breaths am I doing? How many steps have I taken? It's just a little bit of overkill. So do research on your breath. Figure out what's best for you. Sure, take your time to develop a, a, a bit of a rhythm or a bit of routine, a bit of a routine with your rhythm, I should say, in terms of how you structure your breath uh, with your, your footwork if you really want to. But the idea is that we don't want to overcomplicate it. Sometimes the easiest thing is just getting out there on a routine basis and finding a little um, structure that works more specifically for you. All right, let's have a look at this second video. Now, this one is hard to argue with, one of the greatest athletes of all time on a podcast with, um, I can't remember his name's, uh, Shadarang, I can't remember. Feel Good, Live More is the name of the podcast and great interview. In fact, Elliot goes into why he doesn't nose breathe in one part of this podcast, but here uh, was really interesting to hear his perspective on this. Rule number one is to get vitamin N. Vitamin N. Yes. That's the rule number one. You need to inject yourself with vitamin N. N is for? N is to learn to say no. That's a vitamin. Yeah. That's how to get self-discipline. Secondly, setting your priorities right. Thirdly, is avoid complaining. I mean, it's going to be hard to argue with the greatest distance runner of all time. And I think the topic that he's speaking about here, it's obviously not training. It's about mindset. Got to learn to say no, got to learn to prioritize and got to stop complaining. I, I like this because I think one of the reasons that the mental side of sport is often overlooked is because the, the results aren't as obvious as what a physical training routine is. 
do you know, uh, you've got measuring sticks for running improvement. Maybe one day you go out and run 5K, the next week you go out and run 10K. You say, okay, I doubled how far I can run and I might have felt better or worse, but I did it. I think a reason that so many of us ignore the mental side of performance is because it's so hard to measure and because our emotions are so varying. Like you might wake up, even if you're a relatively positive person, which I would consider myself to be, some mornings you still wake up in a grumpy mood. And from a subjective uh, perspective, you think, okay, none of this uh, optimization of my mindset's really working. It's very variable. So I would say what I like about this is it takes uh, an approach to the mentality or the mental side of running, which is so often ignored. Now, there's a number of ways you can do it. To touch on his first point, and obviously I'm no psychologist, but I think you don't need to be to see just how practical particular advice like this can be. The idea of saying no. I mean, what, what's so important about saying no? In our culture, we often complain about a lack of time. We complain that there's just too much going on. And I mean, it's no surprise with technology operating 24-7, news programs operating 24-7, there's always something to watch, there's always something to do. You've got work, you've got family, you've got sleep, uh, you've got research, you want to catch up with friends, yeah, sure. It's it's really important. That's why I think the first and second point that he makes here are so beautifully intertwined, this idea of saying no and prioritizing. When you know what it is that the most important uh, elements of your life are, it's easier to say no to the excess. Now, I often find this in my in my own world that I'll, I'll i've got a bit of a tendency to be led by excitement if something's bright and sparkly and exciting i'll go oh, i want to do that and often my wife just holds me accountable to the the standards that i try and structure my own time around for me uh, my top five or six is is my faith my family uh, my health my career i like uh, contribute uh, like money and time and adventure like these are six broad umbrella terms that i like to structure my time around and within each of those a little subcategory so i often take myself through this process and i share this with you only to say it's been helpful to me maybe to be helpful to you i find saying no is so much easier when you've got your priorities in place if something comes up it's bright it's sparkly um, like classic example, my wife and I were laughing this week because we've been watching Blippy and we've been mind blown. We haven't been watching him. Our two-year-old boy's been watching him, three-year-old boy. And the amount of views that are on this guy's videos are unbelievable. And my wife's like, hey, mate, it'd be so easy just to start a YouTube channel and just start doing Blippy-style videos and just tap into the algorithm and make so much money. And, I mean, from purely a financial and greed perspective, you hear that and you go, oh, yeah, it would be. Wouldn't that be cool? I could dress up as Poppy and uh, <laughs> we could take this out to the world. But uh, not only is that just not something that I care about doing, the reason that I would never actually seriously contemplate an idea like that is based on the fact that it doesn't line up with the six categories that I have. So uh, a, a question that's inspired by this statement by Ali Kipchoge is what are your top five or six priorities? Stephen Covey in his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People says a great way to figure this out is to imagine what you want the people that you love most to say in their eulogy in regards to you. And if you can clarify what that statement sounds like, it often eliminates so much of the excess. So so often we realize, oh, it's not just more work and more money. It's, it's more family or more fitness or uh, more of an investment in the community. So uh, I, I think that's great. The final point that he makes about stopping complaining is something that all of us, I'm sure, can take on. I mean, like after a sleepless night, I'm a culprit for complaining quite regularly. But I find that when I get into a routine with, whether it's a physical routine or in uh, uh, regards to this, a routine of using my words 
more positively, you start to get a little bit of momentum. Like initially, the idea of stopping complaining seems difficult, but then over time, it becomes a habit. And what I like about that is there's a, a beautiful correlation between running performance and the mentality that you bring in. So we don't want to waste energy just dwelling on negative experiences or frustrations. Stop the complaining. Um, uh, I don't know who it is or who to attribute it to, but it's a Buddhist quote that says, um, if you can't change it, there's no point worrying about it. And if you can change it, there's no point worrying about it. I think you could swap the word worry with complain. Uh, and I like that quote. I come back to it quite often because there's no need for worry or complaint. Either you can't change it, it's the way it is, or you can change it. So you've got it within your power to actually make a difference. When it comes to running performance, this is huge. That one was a video that didn't surprise me that's been so popular coming from you know the, the greatest marathon runner of all time. All right. Let's hear from David Goggins. So I'm out here in Eugene, Oregon. Just got through training with um, Cameron Haynes. If you don't know him, make sure you look him up. Um, we did a 50K yesterday. A lot of people asked me about, you know, how do you train for ultra marathons? The big thing is you got to put some big runs in, followed by some medium runs. Yesterday I did a 50K. My legs were all beat down. What was me? Tired, feel like shit. But guess what? I know. How about days off? One day, but not today. If you're training for a nice big race, get your legs all tired, mucked up, jacked up, where your mind and body say, I don't want to fucking do shit anymore. And guess what you do? You go out and get some more miles in. So yesterday, I did a uh, 50K. Today, I'm going to do a nice 15-miler, nice and easy. Legs feel like shit, but that's how they're going to feel at mile 60 and 70 of a 100-mile race. Get after it. Like I said, not today. Get after it. David Goggins is an interesting one because he makes his money on that inspirational talk, doesn't he? Like he's really passionate. He's really in your face. Hey, we don't stop. We don't quit. I, I see the appeal of it. A lot of people love him. I've never been able to get quite on the Dave Goggins bandwagon. I find it kind of cringy. <laughs> I find it a little bit awkward. I don't know whether that's because I just don't lack motivation to get out there and train. But um, like on a, on a more practical level, I, I, I sort of agree with part of his point and I completely disagree with it. On the flip side, let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you what I agree with first. It, it, the essential philosophy that he's trying to speak about here is this idea that you've got to go out there and you've you've got to train consistently. It's true. Some days you're going to feel rubbish as well. He he makes that point really nicely. Some days you're going to get out there, you're going to feel rubbish, but still, if you want to improve, you're going to have to do the work that he's talking about. Me and him are on 100% the same page there. And this is where I, I think, and I think if you actually had an opportunity to talk to him, he'd probably. Well, I'm not sure. He's a he's a fairly wild character, and I don't say that as a as a diss to him. I just say that as uh, I mean, if you spend 20 minutes listening to him talk, maybe maybe he would disagree with what I'm about to say. One thing that uh, an attitude like what he just shared doesn't take into consideration is the fact that different athletes are at different stages dealing with different things. It's all good and well to say, hey, you just get out there and you train every day, no matter what. Uh, but if you have a stress fracture. That is, that is some of the most terrible advice. If you've got a calf strain, it's the most terrible advice. If you're dealing with a problem in your body, the idea of just going out there and getting it done and not taking the day off is, it's just so stupid. There's absolutely no need for that approach. And I think the reason I get frustrated at that kind of advice is because I know what 19-year-old Tice was like, and I know that so many new runners hear that and they're like, oh, maybe I'm just making excuses. I've got an athlete, uh, an athlete I coach, 
up in Queensland here, and she's gone through quite a lot with family and work and uh, little injury niggles. And whenever I talk to her, she opens up about the fact that she's trying to do everything right, but she can't quite get it together and she feels bad for taking a day off. And I think that Dave Goggins approach simply adds fuel to the fire of that um, discontent that comes with the, the frustration. The truth is, if you're going to take running seriously, you're going to have injuries, you're going to have niggles, you're going to have times where you need to take that day off. In fact, for a newer athlete, I would encourage you to take more regular days off. Now, I would say the the reason to uh, listen to a, a bloke who's been in the sport for 25 years over Dave Goggins in regard to this issue is because there's there's a different thing. Like what he's trying to do is develop a mental strength. And I get that. You run through everything. But if you're actually trying to improve physical performance, there's certain things you need to do, like sleep and rest and eat correctly, um, give your body time to absorb that work. So don't get sucked into this rabbit hole of, okay, more, 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 more is always better. Look at the best runners in the world. One thing you'll realize very quickly is it's not always the, the athletes who are doing the most who are getting the best results. Sometimes it's a complete opposite side uh, of that, which is true. Sometimes it's the athletes who are actually giving their body the time to rest, absorb the work, uh, are the ones that are uh, getting the most out of it. All right, let's keep rolling. If you want to get into running but you have no idea where to start, here's a running routine for beginners. For days one, two, and three, just go out for a 15 to 20 minute jog. Your first step is to build your aerobic base and lay the foundation. Don't worry about your mileage. Just for those first three days, be consistent. Run those 15 to 20 minutes as slow as you need to. Building consistency is utterly key. On day four, rest, stretch, recover, all that. Because on day five, it's time to get some speed work in. Do four to five sets of 800 meter repeats with about a minute of rest in between. This is a great workout to do once a week to improve your overall speed. Day six, go for a 45 minute long run. Go slow, it doesn't matter. Just complete 45 minutes. Then on day seven, rest up and get ready for week two. It started so strong. <laughs> I felt like that advice started so, so strong. The idea of going out for a 15 to 20 minute jog, I would say walk jog, especially if you're brand new to running. Fantastic advice. But the idea that from there you're going to go on your, you know, if, assuming this is a runner who's just started, like imagine, imagine coming across this video as a person who's 30 kilos overweight, they haven't run in 15 years. And going, okay, I think I could handle 15 to 20 minutes of maybe walk jogging a day, which I would say is a perfect place to start. That is where you should start. If you're thinking about doing that, great. I would say even if you have to walk a minute, jog a minute, uh, walk uh, four minutes, jog one minute, 15 to 20 minutes of that is perfect. But then it gets to, what was it, day five, where he says, you're going to do four to five times 800 with, with one minute rest. No, you're not. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. That's ridiculous. I mean... The, the training program that this guy's talking about, I would say is probably good for someone who's been training for six months and they're relatively comfortable running between um, sort of 15 miles, like 25 to 35 Ks if you're on the metric system and you're looking to take your performance to a new level. If, if you're trying to develop your running ability, I would say that uh, that zone two level training, that aerobic training, low heart rates kind of stuff, is really good. Going out, running slow, conversational, perfect. 15 to 20 minutes, start there, gradually build up by a couple of minutes each week. You know, there's no hurry. Don't go, don't go trying to do five times 800. 
on day five of your running training program. That's so stupid. And also on day six, don't go out and try and do 45 minutes. If it's week one or, or week two, uh, the idea of building up from 15 to 20 minute slow jog to 45 minute jog with five times 800 is just mental. I mean, that's the recipe <laughs> to just tear your body and your spirit apart. Um, hey, slow it down. Slow it down. Everything's going to be all right. We don't have to worry. I mean, it sounds good on paper. I get that guy. He's got good intentions. A really cool video, well put together. Um, <laughs> just from a practice good perspective nah here's how i went from never calling myself a runner to now regularly running six to eight miles comfortably and exactly how you can too over a year ago when i was returning to running from an injury i had to start super small and this approach that i took will work really well for you too even if you're a complete beginner when i started i didn't look at the distance that i ran at all I instead looked at duration i started super small by running for two minutes walking for two minutes and repeating that a few times eventually i was running for five minutes walking for one soon i was walking for 20 minutes and I patiently and gradually did this until I was comfortably running for 60 minutes at a time. Building into running this way gave me a really great foundation so that now, as I do look at distance, running these longer distances comes much easier. It's easy to strategically progress when building by duration first. And this transfers over into running longer distances super nicely. Especially if you're new to running, give this approach a try. You'll be running longer distances in no time. That's advice I agree with. Uh, he nailed it. In fact, I should have just played that as a response to the last video. Start slow, be patient, be consistent. Progress is gonna happen, but it takes time. That's the part we don't like to hear, okay? But it does. Keep showing up. Running's got a reputation for rewarding the most consistent. Let's talk overstriding when it comes to running. So when we run, we tend to want to strike out in front of us because we think it's gonna allow us to reach out in front and cover more ground. But realistically, we wanna think about ourselves as a skateboarder. So instead of striking out in front of us when we skateboarder, that'll be putting on the brakes. Instead, we wanna push right underneath us and we wanna do the same thing when we run. So we wanna get our hips nice and tall and we wanna strike right in front of us and then we get that forward lean so that we're really catching ourselves, pushing ourselves forward, just letting gravity do the rest of the work. I mean, I think that's relatively good advice. When you think about, I like the idea of thinking of myself as a skateboarder. I like the idea of um, getting your body in a position that allows gravity to do the work. Again, I think generic advice on running techniques are a really difficult thing to do well. I always notice this whenever I put a YouTube video together about running technique, you're like, okay, this is this is maybe really good foundational stuff, which I would say that video is. I understand sort of the essence of, of what she's trying to say, but I would, I would say before you start trying to make any drastic changes to your own running technique or running performance, um, get yourself filmed and uh, submit it to someone who actually does a good technique assessment. I would encourage you to do that because there's a number of things that you as an individual might be doing really well, which perhaps you covered, but then when it comes to you know body angle or tension um, or, or just little practical strategies that we can use to actually eliminate the unhelpful things that naturally so many of us build up over time, particularly when stress and fatigue comes in, um, that can be a little bit more personalized to you. But overall, I mean, uh, that's the other thing. That girl, if you're just listening to this, really pretty girl, looks fit, um, it's no surprise that a video like that goes viral because who doesn't love to listen to a pretty girl? If you do need any help with your running performance or uh, running training, make sure you jump across to relaxrunning.com. You don't have to be a runner or in a, a, a sport like triathlon. Maybe you're just in a running-based sport like soccer, basketball, football. You need a little bit of extra guidance. We help out with all that as well. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by. Any questions, concerns, comments, leave them in the comments below. Shoot me an email whatever is best for you. Happy training, guys, and I'll see you all again next week. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com.